Hello, Insiders, and welcome back to the Insider Series brought to you by Cisco. So how many of you go to Starbucks? I know I do. And how many of you ask for a straw? Starbucks is one of many companies trying to reduce their carbon footprint, and eliminating a mandatory straw is one step in the right direction. President Biden, in addition to Starbucks and many other companies, he's working towards cutting U.S. carbon emissions by 50% by 2030, which is really not that far from where we are right now. The whole world is behind pledging to make changes so that we can continue to live on this planet called Earth. So when you combine such a complex topic with many different aspects with IT and technology, so many doors of possibilities open. So today, we'll be focusing on ways that organizations like ASHRAE are committed to being a leader in sustainability and how they are taking steps to help better the planet that we live on. My name is Jasmine, your regularly scheduled host, and today we have two awesome speakers joining in, and I am beyond excited to listen in on this conversation. I'll start with our first speaker from ASHRAE, Chuck. So Chuck, can you give us a little bit of an intro of yourself? I'd be happy to, Jasmine. I'm uh, Chuck Gulledge. I'm the past president of ASHRAE. My term ended at the end of June, and ASHRAE has a new uh, society president, Mick Schwedler, from Wisconsin. I have been actively involved in the uh, fit up and move in of the new ASHRAE headquarters, which is something we're going to talk about in a little detail coming forward. And I know you asked me to provide a fun fact of who I am. I'm trying to think of one that's appropriate to share uh, with your viewers, but the one that comes to mind is I have actually performed live on stage with Cirque du Soleil at one of their traveling shows, and I got pulled up with the uh, clown breaks to perform a magic act, and uh, it's very interesting. I speak French, so I was able to talk in French uh, with the actors, and they fell in love with me, and it was just a magical experience. Yeah, that's so, so cool. I did not know that about you. Next up, we have Jeremy from Cisco. Jeremy, I'll ask you to do the same and introduce yourself. All right, thanks, Jasmine. And Chuck, that's fascinating. I, I, that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is uh, Jeremy Whitaker. I'm the uh, global lead for smart buildings here at Cisco, part of our office of the CTO. Uh, and real excited to have been a part of the, the ASHRAE uh, renovation work that we did. And let's see, a fun fact about myself. I spent, uh, despite what, what, how it may look these days, I spent 20 years competitively swimming and, and went uh, all the way up to the uh, making my cuts for trials. Didn't, didn't actually go because that would have meant two more years of grinding it out. But, uh, but yeah, so had a lot of fun. Uh, with that in my career and now I've got a couple of swimmers as kids. So my small fact to it, I guess. Oh, that's awesome. I hope you're going to tune into the Olympics this year. I know there's a lot going on there, so it'll be fun. Well, thank you so much guys for joining in, but let's get into our topic for today. So it has been almost a year and a half since the pandemic hit and things are just beginning to feel like normal, which is still really, really weird to me feels great to go outside, to be with loved ones, start traveling again. But all of these quote unquote normal things have a common denominator. How are we keeping everyone safe? Personally, when I go outside, I'm always looking for hand sanitizer stations and record temperatures across the country make you wanna stay inside the comfort of your AC. 
and traveling from city to city requires a clean airport abiding by CDC guidelines. So Chuck, I'll come to you here first. How has COVID-19 impacted the way your organization operates on a daily basis and how is that affecting other companies and organizations in the industry? COVID had a significant impact on how ASHRAE conducts business. Remember, we're a global organization of 50 plus thousand people around the world. And we do a lot of face-to-face gathering for events, for conferences, for meetings, and that stopped. What we realized is via the digital age of connection, we were able to continue to do the business of ASHRAE, stay connected. In fact, we engaged more people because we were able to pivot to a digital platform of engaging our members and conducting our business. And, you know, let's just be frank about the cost. It costs money to fly people around the world and and be together. And we're able to do it on a computer screen and get more people involved. So the COVID pandemic, the shutdown aspects of it, put us in a different perspective of how do we work together uh, remotely? And it's been a huge success. And I'm very proud of the engagement that our members around the world have been able to participate in, not just continue the work of ASHRAE, but engage more people to do more. You know, you always look for the silver lining in a problem. And, you know, via Cisco's help, we were able to do so much more. I think we're seeing a similar realization from from many of our customers, Chuck. I mean, when the pandemic hit, everybody was just forced overnight to go home and and go virtual and and try to start figuring things out. Vast majority of the world did that. They realized they can be productive. They realized that, in in fact, in many cases, that your point about travel and and expenses and and the time that, that goes into all of that, in many cases, going to a more ver- more virtualized model actually save the money, increase productivity in, in many respects. I mean, obviously, there's some businesses, many businesses out there that require in-person uh, manufacturing and, and healthcare and so on and so forth. But by and large, for business operations, I think there was a lot of lights that went on throughout the world, just, just how productive we could be in this, in this situation. And I, I also think, and we'll get probably get this, to this a little later, many of the real estate teams and building owner operators have started to realize what they're going to need to do differently within their buildings and their built environment and how technology is going to play a radically different role moving forward. So Jeremy, one of the things I see and this ties back to the presidential theme I had this past year is connecting information and people. And we've been able to live it. We were forced to do it, but we've been able to live it and we have increased the productivity of stakeholders along the entire engineering path. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's exciting to see what is going to happen next because there is the human element of people being around each other and, and there's the camaraderie and those components of of um, maintaining a healthy, healthy work-life balance. And you know, we're all social beings. So it's been interesting to see the data um, connection and people connection in this virtual world. And I'm excited to see how technology and and what it's going to be like when we all finally do go back into the offices and get to sit shoulder to shoulder 
uh, and and to see where that productivity and that that hybrid type of work is going to take us in the future. You guys both said something, um, and I and that kind of um, stuck in my head a little bit. But both of you alluded to the fact that in during the pandemic in the past couple of months, or I should say like year and a half, you were able to be more productive and you know gain more engagement with your membership, Chuck, that's what you said, and you were able to do more, and that's absolutely incredible. And I know Ashray has built up a new headquarters in Atlanta, and that really couldn't have come at, at a better time. It's a huge incentive to go back into the office, and I know for me, if I had a new office to go into, I would definitely go into it. Everyone loves a new space, so that's incredible, the new build of your HQ. So what were some deciding factors that you had kept in mind before you made the decision to deploy different types of solutions into your new headquarters at ASHRAE? So our new headquarters is an interesting story. Um, we had to move from our existing building in the Druid Hills area of North Atlanta. The Children's Hospital of Atlanta was uh, growing massively and they were building around us. And... It was time to move and we went through the iteration of determining, do we build new? Do we renovate? Uh, how do we go about this? And the ultimate decision, boiling it down to a quick synopsis is, let's buy existing building stock and renovate it. And let's show the world how you can take existing inventory and convert it into a high performance net zero solution. That is the frontier that faces us with all this existing building stock. It's easy to go in on a greenfield and build a new facility that's net zero, carbon neutral, because you have a clean canvas. But what do you do with all the existing building inventory that's out there? So our plan from day one was to show the world how we can take that existing building stock and convert it to high performance and let the new ASHRAE headquarters be a living lab to show the world how it can be done. And I think we're going to be very successful at that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Chuck. And the, the interesting thing is I have the fortune of sitting down with many real estate executives worldwide and we talk to them about their real estate portfolio and what are they looking to get out of buildings. And and we'll, we share some of our statistics that we're able to successfully do on projects. And the very next question that they have coming out of their mouth is, well, can you do that in my existing buildings and my existing facilities and do a brownfield retrofit? And the answer is absolutely yes. Um, so I, I think it's been a very fun project to kind of demystify how do you take an older building uh, and actually make you know, surgical upgrades, um, converge, networks make the data available and then really start to let that building operationalize itself and fine-tune itself and and see where you have opportunities for future improvements as well as to see where the performance is coming as a result of the investments so it'll be it'll be fascinating to to see when you guys take full occupancy of that that building um, much like the rest of the world i think we're all just waiting for that right moment to uh, everyone have come come back to the office. But when we start getting the data coming out of it, it's going to be very, very interesting to study it. And, and we're looking forward to seeing what the fruits of our labor will bear as part of uh, your return to office. And Jeremy, that data topic is so critically important. 
this facility is being set up to gather data, to create the data lake so that we have information to help us make informed decisions about operational. And I'm not just talking the energy meter spinning, I'm talking building wellness, carbon issues. We will have data and it's gonna be a dynamic, it's gonna have a digital twin, Jeremy, and we're gonna be able to understand how the building is operating and optimize continuously all the aspects and the technology, the PV array, the POE, that's going into the facility. It's just going to be fascinating to show people operationally how you can reduce your energy profile and segue into your carbon footprint. Absolutely. And I think the the interesting architecture that, that was chosen for your building from a technology perspective was to, to take a, a new approach and converge as many of those disparate networks, as many, many of those systems as we possibly could and really build technology in as the fourth utility in that building. And so we've connected a lot of systems. We're doing what we would like to call democratizing the data. So taking that data out of each of their respective silos, they're still all secured um, independently of each other from a system by system perspective, but then taking that data and exposing it, pushing it um, to your data lake, as you say, so that other systems that would normally have not had that, that information or the, that, those bits and bytes can now have a new set of business rules and a new set of, of actions that they can take uh, now having more data at their fingerprint. So like, you know, more information around the, the temperature throughout the entire floor plate from a variety of sensors, not just traditional uh, temperature sensors, you know, located in the plenum or, or wherever they may be. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how we can start to, to evolve the analytics that come off the building and then what we do and how we action off those analytics. You said something that's very near and dear to me. Data is the next utility. Absolutely. And on that note, there is so much data everywhere, even if it just depends on what your building has to offer and what insights you can gain from it, from your data centers, from the cloud. There's just data everywhere. And I definitely think that using all these different solutions and gaining that data and those insights, it helps make those data-driven decisions, helping you optimize continuously. And that is definitely what we're talking about today. So in relation to smart building solutions and being more sustainable, what were some deciding factors for you to continue to pursue this effort? So that's a good question. Uh, and this goes back into the narrative of trying to demonstrate a high performance net zero solution from existing um, building stock. And the paramount beginning is drive the energy footprint down. What do you do? So we had to look at the envelope, figure out how the envelope needed to be upgraded, both thermally, window wall ratios, skylights, getting rid of uh, basically holes in the building where heat was getting out or heat was getting in inappropriately. So it was minimizing the impact of the envelope and then the technology of the mechanical systems and the internal loads were the focus smart lighting solutions, driving plug loads down, doing innovative HVAC systems. This has a uh, decoupled 
dedicated outside air system for dealing with the ventilation and the latent component. It's got separate sensible systems um, throughout the building. Uh, it's just got a myriad of really cool technologies involved, all focused on driving down the energy footprint. And I think we got, before we even applied the PV arrays, I think we got the energy footprint of that existing building down to, and don't quote me on this, but I think it was around 17 kBTU per square foot, which is incredible. And then we've applied the PV array to handle that gap uh, to cover what we just couldn't get out. I mean, we're doing really cool things like getting rid of base station computers at every work desk. Everything's a laptop. It's not going to sit there. We've gotten rid of parasitic uh, transformers plugged into receptacles. Everything that could be done to get wasteful energy out has been accomplished. And, you know, that was the goal. Drive the energy footprint down and then apply the PV to get us to a neutral solution or <laughs> ideally to actually have more and be able to store that energy and use it at the right times. And those were kind of the drivers. And there was the excitement of how do you apply that roadmap to an existing facility? Yeah, and then I think the part that, uh, that, that I'm, again, very excited to start exploring is the, the commitment that you have made for the building to be a living lab. And so we did build, you know, technology in as the fourth utility. We have a lot of things, IoT things connected, talking to each other, digital twins that we can act on um, for almost every single system. And with our power over Ethernet in that building now and our ability to hit 90 watts, you know, switching even more of those systems over from AC powered line voltage systems and surgically starting to switch them over to POE, DC, low voltage, we're going to get some additional energy efficiencies and energy gains. So very excited to, to start studying some of those side-by-side -side comparisons with you. And then again, publish that to, to the, to the your membership community and just how much further the newer technology that's, you know, coming out in, even in the next months and so, so on and so forth can continue to uh, ratchet down the energy utilization or energy leaking leakage within a building. And so, you know, we're very excited about some of the other things that we have going on, which we'll probably touch on here in just a few minutes around that sustainability topic. So there's a lot to keep in mind, especially when you're building up a new building like Ashray's headquarters and you've executed it in a fabulous manner. But on the other hand, bringing people back into the workplace can be a little daunting. Understanding where people are and what they're using, what they touch, it's all top of mind to ensure the safety of your workforce. So how do you think your new headquarters is facilitating that return to a safe and trusted workplace? I'm going to surprise you with my answer. The construction of this building, COVID happened right in the middle of construction. So the narrative is more than just us moving in and working in it. We had to live through building this facility during the heat of the COVID. A lot of the wisdom information that's been gathered by ASHRAE's Epidemic Task Force has been brought into play with keeping the uh, construction teams safe 
putting in proper, proper protocols. And then we transitioned then to the move of the uh, office furniture and things out of the old building and getting that over. That presented a challenge for socially distancing people. And then, you know, we were out of the old building and now in the new building and COVID was still here. <laughs> so we learned to work remotely um, to protect our workforce and digital technology allowed that to happen. And I'll segue right into, we are now moving our workforce back into the new headquarters as we hopefully move out of this uh, pandemic window. And we're gonna have our grand opening in the fall coming up here and you guys will be a part of that, but it's gonna be so great to have people in that building and operating it and using it and bringing ASHRAE members in for critical meetings and utilizing that facility. But I'll, I'll circle back to all the work that our uh, epidemic task force has identified for smart processes and how to properly reopen. We are living what we are disseminating. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the interesting thing as you go back to the office and I'm gonna circle back to the using technology as that fourth utility. We built in a lot of technology wired things and wireless things in the building. And one of the one of our focus areas for smart buildings is to buy systems for their intended use to help operate your bit your business, move forward with your team's productivity and, and workforce and, and all of those things. So things like wireless access points, um, routing switching, obviously, and then collaboration endpoints that are are there to help improve the ability to bring in remote remote team members to maintain productivity in, in, a, in a hybrid mode. But one of the things that we really, really advocate and stress to our customers is all of those systems that you buy to operate your business give off data exhaust and they describe what's happening within the four walls of your building. And if you start to act on that data exhaust from, for instance, our endpoints do people counting. So while we're having a really good meeting, we can articulate to the BMS system how many people are actually physically in that room. And then we also can, can together with the IoT sensors, measure the air quality, uh, the CO2 level, the temperature in that room, and then communicate back to that digital twin and BMS to say, hey, we need to have some fresh air brought into conference room number 17 because the air quality is starting to degrade. And so you've got a conferencing piece of equipment that's multi-purpose, multi-functioning, connecting and speaking to systems that it would never have ever uh, connected to and shared information with before. And that's part of the social distancing, um, contact tracing capability that, you know, now we're using Wi-Fi for real-time location-based services to count number of people in different sections of the floor. Um, our Meraki cameras to do people counting in specific um, common areas. And then those WebEx endpoints, obviously doing that, that same type of capability in more of a confined area with huddle rooms and, and conference rooms. So as your team comes back in, you'll have a, a, an immense amount of information that will describe what your team actually did and where they went through the entire building, which makes the retrospective investigations or anything that you need to look back at, you know, how well was a floor plate designed or, you know, so maybe someone came in and there were all and there's a future pandemic, you know, the ability to retrace your team's steps just by using all the data of the systems that uh, we built inherently into that, that facility. 
it's going to be very interesting. Many of our customers are are acting on that for um, coming back at a, a fraction of the capacity and using that data just to expose it on digital signage to the employees that are in their building so they feel confident that uh, we're maintaining safe practices on a, on a real-time basis. And I want to supplement that. You made a really good observation. This building has got the capacity to respond to the needs of the day. This building is not something that gets commissioned and turned over day one and you forget about it and you work business as usual. We have the smarts in this building to respond to the needs of the moment. And that is very powerful. So that is just incredible. Like listening to you guys kind of talk through, you know, how we're ensuring that safe workplace and it's just so cool. Like I'm kind of at a loss for words, like the ability to have all that data at your fingerprints um, is truly incredible. Like the ability to act in real time and on the spot to help make sure that everything is going seamlessly is, is pretty important nowadays. Um, so that is, is again, just truly, really cool. So creating a showcase of your new headquarters required, I'm sure the cooperation of a variety of different companies or products, but ultimately it's partnerships. So how important were those partnerships to help you make this headquarters a success? Critical. And, you know, I'll put my used to be president hat back on. Cisco was part of that. And, you know, thank you to you. But these partnerships with industry, whether it was technology resources, whether it was people working on the digital twin, whether it was manufacturers providing hard product, whether it was individuals or companies providing either services in kind or uh, monetary considerations. Everybody was excited to be a part of this experience and put in the technology to make this living lab a success and a showcase. And these partnerships are invaluable. And I, and I hope we have done enough at ASHRAE to recognize uh, the appreciation that we have for what was done and we could not have done this alone. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll echo something you just said, Chuck, the, uh, the, the mentality that the various partners came to the project with was different than a normal buildings project. Uh, you had stated and set out the goal very early on that you wanted it to be state of the art, you wanted it to be cutting edge and you wanted it to have some staying power um, and be a bit future-proofed. And, and, and that focus on living lab and pushing the state of the art uh, and the boundaries of what's accept, accepted today, uh, I think really changed the mentality of many of the partners we worked with as a part of, of the ecosystem. So having teammates that are sitting on the other side of the table willing to push their systems a little bit further, willing to write that next piece of software uh, just in time for the opening so that we have the ability to, again, take a take a step up and share more data and information and act on it. Uh, I think that was a very exciting thing for us to see, um, just the willingness to say yes to, to, you know, taking one step further than the current frontier and just making sure it's going to work and integrate together. So there's been a, a real joy on our part to be a part of that and now to see the the fruits of all of that work that labor as we get into the building and really start to see how it, it hums and operates uh, on a regular basis. So before we wrap up here and on the note of continuing the momentum to showcase this new living lab, I want to touch on the future just 
really quickly. So Chuck, what does Asteroid plan to do in the next couple of years, maybe five or 10 years to continue to meet your own goals, as well as guide your membership to help building wellness and lowering carbon footprint and to create a more sustainable environment for everyone? So this is a continuous improvement story. It is a living laboratory and we are going to explore the additions of technologies that keep driving the message of how can we lower the energy footprint and therefore the carbon footprint of operating a uh, existing facility. We're looking at that with you right now with upgrading to more of the uh, 90 watt POE. We've put electric vehicle charging stations in on site to promote that transition to uh, uh, electric vehicles. The PV array is going in now and it should be operational here in the next month or so. I'm gonna be really excited to see that integrated for the grand opening. But the, the story is, it's a continuous improvement story. And we're going to keep driving the message of how can we make it better? It's good right now, but how do we make it better? How do we implement technology? How do we apply engineering fundamentals to keep driving the footprint of this space to the uh, optimized level? And it's a continuous story. So it's not really what the next five years is. It's the life of this building. So on that point, Chuck, uh, around it being a living lab and being a continuous improvement opportunity, um, even before the dust settles in the building, we're able to take advantage of some of the newer technology that we've evolved over the last 18 months to 20, 24 months. And in projects of about 100,000 square feet, that 90 watt of power over Ethernet applied to more systems helps us remove around uh, 23,000 pounds of conduit in the, in the ceiling and the plenum within the building. Um, that translates into a less line voltage and copper wire pulled through the conduit. All of that translates for every 100,000 square feet, roughly about 11 metric tons of CO2 we're removing out of the global supply chain for mining iron and processing it and into, into steel and so on and so forth. And then on ongoing operations, those systems, because we've transitioned them off of AC into the DC low power, low voltage world, we're able to save about 27,000 kilowatts uh, of energy consumption on an annual basis which depending on the part of what part of the world you are from, we all have a various mix of, of sustainable energy uh, versus non-sustainable. But here in the U.S., that, that 27,000 kilowatts translates into about 24 metric tons of CO2 being removed out of the utilities um, themselves on an annual basis. So some of those updates will be uh, interesting to, to explore as we look at different parts of the building. And then, you know, we are embarking on another uh, pilot proof of concept project with you right now around um, solar films on the inside of the windows to further reduce the heat that comes through the window. But these organic solar films actually generate power themselves. So somewhere between 30 to 60 watts of power per couple of linear feet in a window, um, we're looking at harvesting that power from the shell of the building and creating what we're looking at as bi-directional power over ethernet. So now taking that power off of the window deciding if we're gonna use it for a light or a sensor or an access point within a few feet of the window. But then if we don't need that power, bringing it all the way back to the switch in the closet, bringing it all the way back to that central location, storing it in some batteries, 
and then reusing that power again somewhere throughout the floor plate. So it's going to be a very fascinating study with you to, to put those films on, really start to uh, quantify the energy efficiency and the heat optimization that we'll get as a start as a as a result of those films that can also generate power. So that's part of continuing to push that frontier in the and the envelope farther than it's been today and, and just study what the effect in, in a positive way hopefully it'll have on the built environment. So Jasmine understand what we just heard from Jeremy. We are in the process of creating a true digital facility that is a living laboratory and it's going to learn from itself and it's going to keep being improved on and information is being connected. This is the future of the built world ecosystem. And it's just an exciting time. And if I could do a shameless plug for ASHRAE, go to our webpage and look at the conversations of what's being done with the task force for decarbonization, but look at the buildings of 2030 and beyond section. Everything we've talked about here today is the future of what building inventory is going to look like. Buildings that can live and learn within, buildings that can talk to each other in a campus environment or a network community, data and connected information is the future of the built world. Honestly, I think you, you did a great job with wrapping up this episode. I truly agree with you guys. I feel like it's not just about the future or the next five years. Frankly, it's about everything else that comes after that and being prepared for anything that comes our way. So this episode was really cool. I think I learned so much from you guys. Um, so thank you so much for you know sharing this valuable info with our insiders. And thank you insiders. Big shout out to you for tuning in and listening in. But if you'd like to learn more, Chuck already put in his little ASHRAE webpage. So definitely check that out. And you can also visit smart building pages on cisco.com. And until we get back into the network, you can catch us next time. But until then, stay safe and we'll see you later.